Hello and welcome back to another episode of Farewell Evangelion. This is a podcast where we go through the Neon Genesis series bit by bit. My name is Keith, going through for his last time. And as always, I'm joined by Peter. Hello! Who is going through for his first. So this time we did watch the second half of the Neon Genesis Evangelion uh, rebuild of Evangelion movie. You are not alone. Uh, as I mentioned last time, this movie originally came out uh, in September 30th, 2009. After a second impact, Tokyo 3 is being attacked by giant creatures called angels that seek to eradicate humankind. Child Shinji's objective is to fight the angels by piloting one of the mysterious Evangelion mecha units. Yes. So, your prediction, once again, you seem to be getting close. (laughs) Fuck, alright, yeah, no, so... Uh, we got to see Ramiel, um, and that whole fight scene, um, which... If you think back to my original prediction when I said we'd see up to the fight with the fifth angel, when I was saying that the fifth angel I was thinking of was Ramiel, not actually Samshell, so you got that. But also, when I was just fucking making up shit off the top of my head of, there's a third moon, and also the third angel will hang out with the third moon, um, I wasn't thinking the moon that's currently orbiting our planet, and when I referred to fucking Kauru as being the third angel, because that's the... One that seems the most likely to fit that role. Fuck, I guess, yeah, that worked out for me. The worst part is, after we finished recording, like, I uh, clarified my prediction a little bit more. I was like, ah, no, it can't be the white or the black moon, so it'll be like the red moon or some shit like that. (laughs) If I had have said that, I both would have been clear that I was thinking about the different moon and not our moon. But also, there's a big-ass streak of red on the real moon when we see it, so I still would have been technically correct. I suppose so. Fuck. Oh, God. I can't believe... I gotta start predicting happy things. <laughs> it just sometimes works out for me, man. But I think the reason it keeps working out for me is I don't predict happy things. Seems so. Yeah. Uh, no, uh, so... Where did this start off with? So, this whole part of the movie, so the second half, is pretty much just the Ramiel fight. Yeah, it starts off with Shinji hanging out at school, going through his day-to-day life, not connecting with people a little bit. And then has Ray inform him, hey, we're going in. Important shit's happening. Yeah, essentially we... um, You kind of predicted that we were going to get the Shinji runs away part. Yeah. Never happens. Shinji does not run away. No. Uh, Cut that shit out of our storyline. No one needs to see Shinji run away. Yeah, the closest we get is when he just disappears for a day, but he comes back. He's like, yeah, I'm cool now. Yeah. I, had, I had a walk. Yeah. Misato's the reason he came back, according to Ritsuko. So we end up skipping that. He's good friends with uh, Toji and Kensuke now. Yep. And we kind of get, like, the swims uh, scene again. Right, yes. <laughs> But we just get more of the girls shitting on Toji. Yeah, it's, like, Shinji looking up there at Ray, and then it's, I, I kind of zoned out a little bit, but it sounds like it's a whole bunch of girls shitting on Suzuhara for his creepy staring up at them. But then a couple of them are, like, curious about Shinji, because he's the new kid. What's going on with that guy? Yeah. But Shinji's got eyes only for one woman, and that's right. No mention of her supple thighs. No, thank fucking God for that. <laughs> um, yeah, coming out of a forty, clearly 40-year-old man's voice. Yeah. <laughs> it might be a little bit <laughs> weird, considering she's 14. Yeah. Uh, I... Leave it to this part where we also get the vital scene that was not edited in the slightest, where Shinji drops off the new card to Rei, uh, and they have her coming out of the shower and all that stuff. I will say, with the information I have from having fully watched the animated series, I don't 
love the scene as it is, but I do better understand why it's important, because it shows how Rey is not the least bit concerned with Shinji being in her apartment or seeing her naked. Her only concern is her, him fucking with the glasses and him getting in her way when she tries to leave. Like, other than that, doesn't give two shits about Shinji, and it is kind of... I wouldn't say an important detail, but it is an interesting detail to pick up on once you realize why she's so detached from humanity. Exactly. Rey has always seen herself, and this is context again going back, that she's always seen herself as a tool or an object, not as a person. So yeah. concerns of being a person are not a thing that's going to come up with her. Yeah. Uh, which is further evidence when we later get the classic scene of Shinji and Rey just before the operation to defeat Ramiel. This is jumping ahead a bit. We can come back and talk about some of the other scenes. But her explaining how... The reason she pilots Neva is it's her way to connect to everyone, and she just does what she's told. Yeah. Like protecting Shinji. If she's told to protect Shinji, <laughs> Shinji will survive the night, no matter what it takes. Which I feel like the like delivery in this version is way better than the original run, where it's like, you won't die. I'll protect you. Yeah. What are my orders? Protect Shinji? Good, got it. Yeah. Like, Shinji's response of like, I'm not worth protecting. I feel like if Ray heard that, her response would have been, I don't care, those are my orders. <laughs> You'll stay alive, no matter how many people I need to kill on this planet. Yeah. Um, which means Ray's gotta be some kind of fucking genius, because when Ramiel gets hit by the first proton shot from the gun, and then Ramiel's like, ah, fuck you, I'm gonna shoot you real quick. Um, Ray does not step in to block the first shot, so she clearly is aware, I just need to protect Shinji from dying, and she is quite confident that that first shot, not going to kill Shinji. It could fuck him up royally, but it's not going to kill him. Yeah, I mean, that's the specifics of the rule of rules, right? Yeah. Oh, that's not a kill shot. And that, but that, by process of, like, elimination, that does mean that that second shot 100% would have killed Shinji <laughs> if it hadn't gone through, which is why Ray stepped in. Yeah. The thing I love about this, too, is... The franchise is very aware that the person watching has probably watched the original run. And I think it got you too because he hits Ramiel and it looks like Ramiel goes down from the first shot. Like, holy shit, he got him in the first shot! Yeah, I was like, oh, like, I have been... Now I'm starting to look out for the ways that it's different and trying to, like, see them coming. So all the people shitting on Shinji... I even had the thought in my head as I was building up, like, oh, they're building up, like, how Shinji's clearly going to fuck up because, like... Ritsuko and Misato are all talking about like how everything's perfectly set up. The only thing we have to rely on now is the pilot. So the pilots are only cause for concern anymore. Everyone's shitting on how Shinji's clearly going to be responsible for this thing when it inevitably fucks up. So all this like build up plus the knowledge of the fact that in the original anime Shinji missed once and then hit on the second time. I was fully of the mind of Shinji's... They might fuck with us a little bit by having Shinji nail it on the first try, and then Ray doesn't even need to step in to fucking take him down. Uh, and yeah, they got me. And, and to be fair, he doesn't just flat out miss like he does in the original run either. He grazes the side of the core, which actually caused it to like go down for a second. Yeah, it shoots up blood like all the other ones. Does some geometrical screaming in the process. Yeah. That's, that's the best way to describe the sound that Ramiel makes in this. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we kind of jumped over some other stuff, so... We have Ramiel's first appearance, which plays out very much like the first time, where Shinji pops up and Ramiel's immediately like, nah, fuck that shit, and swats him down with a big old energy blast. Um, uh, we get a fun moment of Shinji literally being boiled alive inside the LCL as it boils around him from the first energy blast, and Misato's reaction of, we need to get him out of there, we need to protect him, and fucking... 
I understand the logic behind it of Gendo stepping in and be like, no, you're not allowed to save him from this because if you eject him from the entry plug, uh, the AT field will go down and he'll die instantly. But it does ever so slightly come across of, I can hear Shinji screaming in, like, torturous pain right now. No one's allowed to intervene. We have to let this play out for a couple seconds. It builds character. He needs to learn his fucking lesson. <laughs> oh, God. Um, so I found that quite enjoyable. I really... Uh, like, I didn't dislike Ramiel. I, I enjoyed Ramiel in the original anime. Because uh, they really s- seemed like the first angel that posed a genuine threat. And, like, they have this immense defensive and offensive power compared yeah. to all the other angels. So I enjoyed Ramiel. I don't know that Ramiel would be my favorite angel on the first run. I fuck... This version of Ramiel is so fucking cool. Like, the fact that they actually... Now that they're using CG instead of all just hand-drawn, are, we're actually able to do, like, the 3... Not even 3D. Like, the 4D, like, melding of shapes as it, like, twists to attack and stuff. Yeah. So fucking cool. Yeah, this version of Ramiel, like... Uh, a lot of people will say, like, some things from the original were better, or things uh, just, you know were changed needlessly. Everything they did for this Ramiel fight, I think is superior to the Ramiel fight in the original run. Yeah. The fact that he grazes it the first time, and then that fucking takedown he gets when he shoots it the second time, and it's all the fucking buildup of like, oh, the G-type uh, things aren't going to work anymore. He has to manually aim and fire. Oh, fucking beautiful. Well, uh, not just that, but like the fact that Misato's like, I believe in Shinji, and even Yendo's like, fine, continue. Yeah, and Gendo's- like Shinji getting back up so, like, Shinji, like, like I say, he does not run away. This Shinji here is much different than the Shinji we had at the same point in the original run because he doesn't give up, he doesn't run away. He knows that people are counting on him. Yeah. Which goes into the same fact of Misato uh, apparently knows about Lilith much sooner and yeah, shows Shinji about thing. it. It's like, in the original run, Misato didn't know about Lilith and had to, like, try to stop Ket... Not Ketsuke. Uh, tried to stop... Toji? Uh, no, Toji. Uh, Kyo... Ryoji. Kaji. Kaji, thank you. Uh, tried to stop Kaji uh, from investigating areas he shouldn't have, and when stopping him, he was like, check this out, and then revealed the Lilith situation, except at the time, we still believed it was Adam. Um, I think uh, Kaji even referred to it as Adam. Yeah, they, everyone thought it was Adam, but at this point, which this would be pretty much episode five. Maybe six, depending on it. Yeah. yeah and they know it's a lot. Yeah. Not only do they know it's Lilith, Misato is clearly in on a lot more stuff than she was the first time around. Like, she didn't understand uh, the first time around. She understood that angels were attacking. She didn't know the specifics of why they were attacking that location specifically, or what their goals were, or what would happen if they succeeded. This time around, she and presumably a lot more people are in on, this is Lilith, if the angels get here, it will trigger the third impact and we will all die. Yeah, well, it also kind of gets addressed earlier, too, uh, in the first half of uh, this movie that we didn't talk about last episode. But Misato's already suspicious of what's going on uh, due to the circumstances of Gendo using his own son and everything. Like, yeah, and which, she, she didn't get, like, get suspicious until Kaji started giving her, like, this is what's really going on and pulling back the curtain. Yeah, her pointing out the, like, weird coincidental timing of them finding the third child, them bringing the third child, the third child happening to be Gendo's own son. All of this happening at the same time as the fir- er, fourth angel appears. Like, yeah. Very coincidental timing to the point where it's probably not a coincidence. Yeah, and uh, in the original run, these were very much slow burn things, so obviously you'd want to speed it up a bit, but it definitely changes a lot of dynamics 
Yeah, so you could argue that them presenting it this way is less so about changing the narrative and more so about just not bothering to keep secrets that all of the audience is already aware of. Like, you wouldn't make a murder mystery movie except have everyone in the audience already know who the murderer is and still play it like it's a big mystery throughout the whole movie. So you could argue from that perspective that it makes sense for them not to keep secrets about what's below narrative and all that stuff. But at the same time, it very clearly is having an impact. Uh, those changes are having an impact on the characters and their motivations because now they're aware of more than they were initially. And you have to question how that changes what they're doing and why they're doing it. Yeah. Like, Kaoru, what the fuck's he doing on the moon there? Yeah, that's the big final scene of he gets back up and he's like, Ah, so it's the third one again. I look forward to meeting you, Shinji. That rambunctious rascal gets out of a coffin where every coffin on, well, I guess to his right, is open. And everything on the left is closed. And there's a big red splotch going across. Yeah. And then Sile 1 is like, it's time. And then he's standing over a giant angel. Yeah, a giant dead angel um, on the moon. Um, we're not a question for point. I'll, I'll bottle it up explode the fury later when you just say, I don't know, I can't answer you. Um, <laughs> well, maybe this time we'll be different. Who knows? Go ahead. <laughs> when we get to the questions, make sure to ask it. Yep. Um, what else happened in this episode? Not a lot, or episode, but this movie was largely the Rainbow fight. Yeah. Like, there was a little bit of plot building up to it, there were some minor detail changes, but... It was largely the Rambo. Yeah. And ultimately, we were, if we're comparing it to the original run, we're at the end of episode five now, because episode six was when Asuka got introduced. Yes. Thank you for helping to inform my prediction of what happens in the episode. <laughs> or does it? <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm still processing what happened downstairs, so. Yeah. Well, because you think, like, oh, okay, they beat Ramble, it's a nice ending to the movie. That clarifies everything. What else? Like, there's nothing else that can throw me for a loop, and then <laughs> cower on the moon? Yeah, it literally has the shot of Ramble dying, and the camera slowly starts to pan up. And I'm like, oh, it's going to pan up to the night sky, cut to black, and then credits. That's clearly what's happening right now. And it pans up until the moon's at the center, and then it's like, oh, that's the moon. What's going there? Oh, what's going on there, by the way? And it just fucking cuts to on the moon. It's like, no, you can't just do that. You can't just... End of movie, pan up to moon, by the way, twist, here's all the shit that's happening on the moon. Yeah. Fuck! Uh, want me to make your life worse slightly? Of course I do, Keith, of <laughs> course I do. I'm gonna confirm for you right now, is not the third angel. I hate you, I hate <laughs> you so much! You thought you had something going there, but I'm just gonna shoot that down right now. I 100% thought Kauru was the third angel. <laughs> I was like, yes, I'm right, Cowra's the third angel. No, Cowra's not the third angel. Of course he's not the third angel. Fuck's the third angel, then? Well, that mystery will continue. Obviously, this rebuild series has to have some mysteries that are new. No, it does! It could be, it <laughs> could be completely mysteryless and I'd still be fine. <laughs> Maybe better than fine, who knows? Fuck, alright, yeah. Uh, shall we get to questions then? Sure. Uh, what questions do you have? Let's start off with that first one you uh, suspect is going to be a no. Sorry, give me a second to, to fucking think. Um, so, Cower said the third again. Yep. 
He did say that. My initial assumption about that sentence was, well, no, I, I'll be honest. My initial assumption about the uh, use of that word is that this rebuilds, you say it takes place in 2014, 2015, whatever. Uh, 2015. 2015. Uh, my initial assumption is that you're a bastard fan and you're lying to me, uh, and that this actually takes place after the end of Evangelion, and everyone just doesn't remember end of Evangelion for some reason, that's why the seas are red and all that shit. Um, and then Kaoru referring to the third again is because Shinji was the problem the first time around, but he doesn't remember Shinji because he says he's looking forward to meeting Shinji. So that's clearly not what's going on. Uh, and then my second thought was, oh, well, Kaoru's the third angel in this context, so maybe he's saying the third again because he's interesting and Shinji's interesting, but Kaoru's not the third angel according to you. So what the fuck do you mean by again there, Keith? <laughs> well, I guess you'll have to see what happens. Fuck you! <laughs> um... So, there are... Pulling back the curtain a little bit, uh, we are recording this at the same time we're doing the AMA. And one of the questions we just answered was about uh, best girl. Uh, who who is best girl? And you informed me I have not met all the girls yet because obviously there are more introduced in fucking rebuilds. This was gonna be a question, but I I don't know how to phrase it as a question other than are there more Eva pilots who are going to be introduced specifically? Yes. Okay. Are they introduced in the... Do I get to meet them soon, or is it not until the fourth fucking movie when I start meeting new Ava Pilots? Uh, so, after... There'll be some new characters introduced in this next movie, and then there won't be any new characters introduced after three. Okay, so two and three have new characters, but four doesn't have any new characters. Yeah. Okay. I can live with that. Um, I'm trying to think back to all the things that were different and figure out how to pose why is this different as a question. <laughs> um, I mean, you could just say, why is this different? Yeah, let's go with that. So why is why is Misato aware of Lilith this time around? Is no one keeping secrets from Misato now? That seems like she has some pretty good clearance. But, <sighs> this is definitely still Ray 2 at this point, right? It's not like Ray 3 or 4? I don't know. I don't like you. <laughs> I'm telling you the truth. I still don't like you. <laughs> Oh, fuck, no, I can't think of anything else. Let's get some questions from the audience. They have good questions we can maybe answer. That's fair. Uh, so let's go through some of the questions that we have asked currently from uh, people following us on the Instagram page. So the first one I want to address is from Riley uh, Kamaj, and it is, Why do people like Kaoru so much? Do you have any insights on this, Peter? Why do you like Kaoru so much? I'm not sure I do anymore. <laughs> really liked Kaoru after End of Yeah, it's... Hard for me to hard for me to say because my perception of Kaoru is almost entirely just uh, the final couple episodes of the original anime. And he shows up in one episode of the anime, and he's in end of Evangelion. End of Evangelion. Um, so the fact that he's genuinely like seems to want uh, Shinji to be happy as like his goal, the fact that he sacrifices himself for Shinji instead of trying to kill him like every other angel. Those are all solid pluses. Also, I have to assume, he clearly plays a very significant part in the Rebuild series, so a bonus points for him there. Yeah, and I'll give this insight a bit. He does play, uh, well, not that he plays more, but he's m more in the manga as well. So he's not there for uh, the equivalent of one episode. Yeah, fair. Uh, but overall, 
Kaoru is a very interesting, compelling character that you're going to uh, learn more about as you go through the rebuild series. Yep. Uh, so this was a really interesting one that I liked from Zach underscore Wit on Instagram. And it's, who stole is inside Unit Zero? So for this one... No one. Yeah, unfortunately, there is no official answer. It has never been revealed what is inside Unit Zero. But we can kind of infer some things based on what we do know about Ava's at this point. So first off, there's two prominent theories for what is going on inside Unit Zero. The first one, no soul. It doesn't need one. Lilith, soul is inside Ray, so Ray is able to pilot the unit with no problem. A misconception about piloting Ava's, the mother soul isn't actually required to pilot an Ava. Yeah. It makes it a lot easier for someone to just hop into it and control it, but it is possible with a high enough sync rate that you can pilot an Evangelion without uh, a mother soul. Is it? Uh, sorry, this is my interpretation, so I could be wrong, and you're clearly the Evangelion expert here. When the unit goes berserk, so there's the three different like modes for it, which is pilots in control, berserk, and awakened, and my understanding of berserk was that that's when like the soul inside was fully in control. So like the first time we see it go berserk, uh, I guess both in this movie and also in the original anime is unit one going berserk and i interpreted that as kind of without knowing it at the time yui's soul is kind of dominating control to defeat this thing would it be more accurate to say something else well uh here's me kind of answering it sideways for you the ray clones we know that ray is essentially an evangelion and the soulless ray clones react to things true so the evangelion so Berserk mode is then probably the Evangelion itself without a soul, uh, just reacting. And then Awakened mode is perhaps the mother soul taking control. Who knows? I don't know. I'm not Anno. I don't decide these things. <laughs> uh, and then the second prominent theory is just like Rey is not Lilith, she's Rey, but she's from Lilith's soul. The soul can be fragmented, and part of that is inside Unit Zero, which is kind of to act with Rey being both her own mother and child at the same time. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing that happens. Cause, well, because Ray's body is born from Lilith, but she's also Lilith's soul, so technically Lilith would be Ray's mother in a sense. Yeah. So it is possible that it's just two parts of Lilith, uh, uh, Lilith's soul, one in Zero, one in Ray. The more popular one is that there is no soul. Yes. But it really could be anything. I've seen a theory where it's Naoko's soul in there. But I don't know why that would be the one for Rey. I think the reason that people I, will say Nelko is because she died around that time, and the speculation a lot of people thought was a soul is required, when that's not the case. I think it would make the most sense that it's not a soul, and that would be like the key differentiator between Unit Zero and Unit all the other units, is the thing that makes this a prototype instead of an actual test one or a fully production one, is the lack of the soul, so it doesn't it's lacking something that the others lack, and that's why it doesn't get to be a number. Well, even on top of that, Calvary, we end up finding out is he can just manipulate a sync rate to whatever he wants. Yeah. Regardless of the soul in it. Another reason to love Calvary. <laughs> so yeah, that was a very good question. Uh, so one uh, last question I just want to address in this one, and this was, is Ray Shinji's mother? No. So I guess kind like, of. yeah, kind but of. No. A lot of people kind of joke about this one, about, like, uh, Shinji, go talk to your mother, and he's like, which one? And it's like, Ava Unit 1, <laughs> Rei, and Yui. Yeah. Um, 
But ultimately, Rey is not Shinji's mother. He, she is the physical, her body physically is a clone of Yui's body. That's why yeah. she looks so close to Yui. Yeah, it's, the thing that makes you what you are is not the physical body, it's the soul, at least my interpretation of Evangelion. So, it would be more accurate to say that Unit 1 is Shinji's mother than it would be to say that Rei is Shinji's mother, because Rei may look like Shinji's mother, but Rei does not have Shinji's mother's soul. Rei has Lilith's soul, or at least a fragment of Yeah, and Rei's whole journey in the original run was becoming her own being, essentially. Fair. And that's the ultimate payoff to her story, is she's recognized as being her own thing, not Lilith or Yui or anything like that. So, overall, that means that the relationship to Shinji is it's more like a step-sibling or a cousin. Yeah. Um... Or on this topic, I think I have one question from the audience that I can answer oh, okay. for you. Uh, so another question we had gotten uh, is, what is LCL? And while I'm not the hardcore into the lore like you are, I have been reading the comments of our posts, so I can confidently tell you <laughs> it's piss. <laughs> what about the Fanta people? Oh, I, it might also be Fanta, depending on who you listen to. <laughs> it's either Fanta or piss. It's one of the two. I'm just going to be uh, clear with you guys. It, it's Lilith's blood. That's it, ultimately what it is. The primordial soup. Lilith's blood is piss. You heard it here first. <laughs> I mean, it could be? <laughs> I, can't, I can't say it's not. It's a liquid that comes out of Lilith when you cut off her legs. Yeah. There we go. Alright, answer. Question answered. Congratulations, fans. I'm the lower master now. <laughs> well, I think with that, it's time to move into fun facts. <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, so, I guess ultimately for this one, the main thing to point out is some of the differences. Uh, probably my favorite difference, which kind of takes this differently from this, is Shinji seems to have a much better support network, and he himself is more confident in his ability because people are trusting him with that information. So he's not just automatically assuming the worst and sticking with it. Uh, some drastic changes for things that happened. First off, we had the removal of him running away. Yeah. So he didn't have the train station scene. Uh, is on the moon now. Kaoru is on the moon now. With, uh... Peculiar uh, red, almost splash-like splatter on it. The kind of splashes that happen when an angel dies. Maybe. Or maybe something we might have already seen before in Neon Genesis. Who knows? I hate you. <laughs> I hate everything about who you choose to be. Also, what are all those coffins? Why are what certain ones open and certain ones not? I... I... No, no, just no. So, the one thing I'll say right off the bat is, at this point, it's very clear things are different. Yes. How they're different, unknown, but things are different. And this gets me into the fun fact I wanted to discuss, which was the title. So this one is Evangelion 1.0, or 1.11 for the non-theatrical release. You are, brackets, not alone. So, in this type of formatting, the not being in the brackets means you can do the same things with or without it. Yeah, so it's either you are alone or you are not alone, depending on how you want to read it. And this is kind of... Nothing's ever been confirmed on this, but there's a popular fan theory, which I myself subscribe to, that I very like. And that's... Each title is important to the big change of the story for that movie. So, in the original run of the anime, while he wasn't actually Shinji viewed himself as alone and didn't really connect with anyone else, whereas this time he's more willing to accept those connections with other people. He's not alone in this room. So the change viewed in the title theory that goes on here is the 
uh, sentence without the word is what was, and the sentence with the word is the new change to what's going on. And this one is very much, I would say, not even just Shinji. Everyone seems to, even Masato seems more connected in this one. Uh, we get off, start off by having, she's trusting him more, he doesn't run away. Shinji ends up having, uh, you know, the messages from uh, Toji and Kensuke at the end, thus grounding him more into it. Ray's there for him. Uh, the, I think the biggest scene to indicate that the You Are Not Alone part itself is when they're standing in front of Lilith, and Shinji squeezes Misato's hands uh, harder, right? Yeah. And because of all that, original Shinji, when we saw him, if that scene played out the same way where he fell back and he was there, like, you know, holding himself, everyone would have had to yell at him and something like that. Ray would have had to pick up the gun and shoot. That would have been the case. But this Shinji picks himself back up. He admits, I have no idea about the saving the world thing, but he still picks himself back up to fight Ramiel. And Misato uh, ends up even convincing uh, Gendo to back down and not replace Shinji in this, like, give him the choice. If he says, if he hasn't said he wants to leave yet, he's still good to fight. Quick question slash dark ominous prophecy. Isn't the title of the next movie something to the effect of, like, you can not progress or something like that. You cannot do this. So yes, I guess I can give that away now. The next episode is you can not advance. So they're taking... See, that makes me nervous because it sounds like the character who could advance was probably Big Dick Shinji, which makes it sound like they're removing Big Dick Shinji from the equation. Well, keep in mind, I haven't said that the title theory is all apply to Shinji. I I am aware. I still have to think of how going from it so I was willing to interpret it as uh, you are or sorry, just like the word that's in brackets, its inclusion or exclusion was dependent on which version you were reading or watching, so the anime versus the new ones. And it wasn't necessarily adding the word was always what you were adding with the rebuild, so in theory you cannot advance might have applied to the original, and now the uh, uh, new version is you can advance. If it's specifically adding in the not, that is taking someone succeeding in some fashion and cutting that out of the equation. So, from the sounds of it, shit's gonna go wrong in the next movie, based on how you've described the title of this movie to me. Again, I think... Again, nothing is confirmed about this theory. It's a very popular theory that's not been seen either way. I like to follow it because it makes sense to me with the narrative that I accept through the Evangelion series. Yep. You'll understand better when you go through it, though. No. <laughs> if, if this theory is right in the way I'm interpreting it, I'm going to have a bad time when we watch Rebuild 2. <laughs> so, overall, now that you've finished both parts of Evangelion 1.0, you, uh, you are not alone. What do you think of the movie? I really enjoyed this. Uh, from rehashing old story elements the same way, giving me a chance to like rewatch things I've seen before, but in like a slightly new light, to like all the subtle differences slowly building up and adding together to make one big fucking difference. <laughs> it's interesting. It has me. I'll be honest. After watching the first half. It's not that I wasn't looking forward to it, but I had an assumption of it would just be a bunch of minor differences from the original series, and there wouldn't be a huge amount gained from watching through for a third time at this point. I am now fully on the mind of this is a fully worthwhile endeavor, to the point where, so 
we're currently watching the movies together, and since we're doing two episodes with the first half and the second half of the movie, we're going to take two weeks before we watch the uh, start sit down and record the next episode uh, and watch the second movie. I legitimately just asked you if we could just perform, record <laughs> all four movies episodes today because I don't. I can't imagine having to wait a decade for Rebuild to end because I don't want to wait four fucking weeks for Rebuild 3 at this point. God damn. Yeah, it was only last year that the last Rebuild movie finished. I don't know how you or anyone else did it. <laughs> it was a lot more of this. The, oh, what does this mean? What does this mean? Yeah. Yeah, but I bet when you were having those conversations over the course of a decade, the other person sitting across from you wasn't like, I know the answers, but I'm not allowed to tell you. No, I want you to be in the mindset. <laughs> You're where I was. I don't like where you were. <laughs> but yeah, I really enjoy this. Uh, as I mentioned before, there always is the argument between the fan base of, you know, rebuild, worth it, blah, blah, all that stuff. I very much, I think... For just to sit down and enjoy the series, Rebuild is definitely the way to go without going too hard into it. But I find myself always wanting to go back to the original anime run, watch End of Evangelion and all that. All of them fit together, they're all important, and they just enhance what each other mean by all existing together in a sense. Yeah, I... You can like a certain version more, but I don't think that means that the other ones are bad. I think... Like... The idea of going through and skipping certain parts because you don't like the ending from End of Evangelion compared to the original anime or something like that, that I don't fully agree with. I could maybe understand if I was going to go back through and rewatch, I might skip Death Squared, which was the, just essentially the recap movie or episode. I might, if I was to go through and rewatch this again, I might skip over that one, but I don't think anything else would ever even consider my mind of skipping over because... Everything adds something to the story, even if it's only a minor thing. And even as I say that, I recognize that without adding new shots, Desperate did recontextualize and put things in a different order. So I don't even know that I would skip over that. It's just that's the only one I would even consider skipping. Yeah, and that's the thing. Evangelion is definitely one of those franchises. The more you go through it, you pick up things. Yeah. Uh, so with that, I think this episode is coming to a close. So... Uh, make sure to like, subscribe, comment, review, and pass it on to your friends. Uh, we're on all podcasting platforms. You can also find us on YouTube. We update the episodes each Wednesday, so you can find new episodes there every week. And, of course, we also have the Instagram page. You can follow us there, engage with some of our posts, ask questions, follow in the polls. And, uh, as you've heard, your questions could get answered onside the podcast as well. If you would like to reach us by email, by having another question there, or any other comments, make sure to email us at whatismypodcastabout at gmail.com. And as always, Peter, what can we expect next time on Neon Genesis Evangelion? Alright, so the people who cannot advance, Ray and Asuka. Asuka's gonna get introduced in the next movie, and then both of them are gonna fucking die at the midpoint of the movie to make way for new waifus to appear and potentially court Shinji. Who knows, if we're lucky and we get to instrumentality at the end, they might get brought back. But no, those two are dying next fucking movie. Well, make sure to tune in next time where there'll be plenty of fan service. <laughs>